0: custom car care all right good morning and welcome you got sarah and dustin a1 custom car care sarah i'm gonna start us out with a story this morning all
1: right do it
0: i had three broken down vehicles over this last cold snap can you believe that you know and i try and keep it real because i know a lot of people think that you know maybe we get on here and it's like oh we never have problems and everything's always great uh, I need to I need to bring you along with a couple of breakdowns actually that I had. So both the kids, uh, the older kids, Stacy and I, between the two of us, have five kids, and we have a couple of older kids that are in college and driving, and you know, getting into adulthood. And then we got two um, younger ones that are just kind of at the cusp of, you know, being able to start putting together vehicles for them. So. What we've done over the last, oh, if I had to think, probably eight to ten years, is I kind of find an older vehicle that we rehab, kind of together with whichever kid, and that way they have some kind of understanding about what's going on. And I try and find one, obviously, that needs a little mechanical help, and that's what we've done. So the two older kids have a Hyundai Santa Fe and a Kia Sorento. Those are both kind of small to mid-size SUVs. And the first one happened, uh, which would be roughly a a little over a week ago now when kind of the first cold snap came. I was really proud of both of them when they started doing something that they don't normally do uh, car-wise. Basically, they weren't operating as normal. They both called or text and said, hey, car's not doing well. One of them I had to go pick up and, and get them to work and then go pick their car up later. I had a failed ignition coil on that one, so not a big deal. I uh, was able to get a new coil, get it diagnosed fairly quickly. Uh, I did tow it home, did the repairs. Uh, I think it was negative two outside. And so I was uh, putting a coil on the car and getting diagnosed and test drove and all that stuff. So pretty cake, easy, no big deal really i believe what honestly happened is the plastic on the coil on the shaft that rides down through the valve cover it got cold and it cracked and it leaked spark instead of going into the cylinder uh, electricity takes the path path of least resistance and so when i pulled the coil out even though it was only a few years old it was not a you know i had done a lot of maintenance on the kids vehicles. And within the last few years, I believe, honestly, the cold got in there and it cracked the insulation. And that's where my misfire came from. So no big deal. We fixed it. She's back to work and school and, and all that's good. Second one uh, lives in Rolla, going to Missouri s and very close within about a year to maybe a year and a semester of having his aerospace engineering degree. And I don't think he's ever gotten a B in his life. He's done really, really well. So he has the Hyundai Santa Fe, similar situation, said, hey, it's not running right. I said, no big deal, you live too far away for me, and it's cold for me to come up there and you know, work on your vehicle at your apartment or your, your duplex or triplex or whatever he's got up there. And so I'll just bring you a Honda, I'll, I'll drop the Honda off, and I will pick your Santa Fe up. So here's where it gets very interesting, and this is where actually my personal vehicle left me stranded on the side of I-44. And I swapped the truck or the SUVs out, and I'm headed back towards Lebanon. Sarah, do you know where the racetrack is in Lebanon? So it would be the last exit when you drive through Lebanon. It'd be the final one or it's the first one as you come back from St. Louis, there's a big rock quarry on the left side there. Is
1: it off 44? It
0: is, yeah, it's right on 44. For some
1: reason, I cannot think of where that's at.
0: There's really not a lot around it. Like, okay. it's, there's- Is
1: it past like the Tracker boats? Yes, so okay. you
0: keep on going and it's the very next exit Okay. There. Okay,
1: yes, so I am familiar with the okay. area.
0: So I'm thinking I'm pretty gangster. I got everything loaded up, unloaded, headed back home, cruising. Um, for one, Stacy has this, like, gift, if you will. And she was adamant that I take somebody with me. And I'm like, I'm a big boy. I don't need a babysitter. And so she reached out to a good buddy of mine. And thankfully, he was gracious enough to ride with me. And so he's on the phone over there. And I'm pushing on the accelerator. And all of a sudden, the truck starts to lose power. Now, my radio at the time said negative two. Ugh. Yeah. And we get there. And I can see the exit. And the truck's losing power and losing power. And all of a sudden it just, I get to the exit and I go ahead and take it because I know we ain't going much farther. And the truck dies. It oh, stalls. No. Uh, uh, mindful negative two. And I'm dressed exactly like I am now. I've got my heated like well, that's good that, you had that on. on. It was not enough. I should have had my coveralls. I should have had, you know, some crazy. This is where the story really kind of starts to ramp up. So I'm dealing with my third breakdown of this cold snap here. And I'm just keeping it real with you guys. I'd love to tell you that I could see all this stuff coming and I headed it off before it left me stranded. But as it's negative two and i'm on the side of the road i'm not in a great mood at the moment so long story short uh before it even died i pretty much had a good idea and and knew what was going on the fuel had gelled up and i don't know if you've been around diesel very much and i do run a lot of additives actually annie at our sunset location stocks the additive that i prefer to run in all the diesels but when it gets to a certain point if you don't have enough additive in there the fuel goes from liquid to like a jelly and it won't flow anymore.
1: Does that happen just when it's cold, yes. or okay? Yeah.
0: So I saw probably at least a half a dozen semis that were on the side of the road, Man. gelled up. Um, you know, so you have no heat inside the the cabin of the vehicle, and you're stuck there basically. So it's it's a rough spot to be. So I carry a uh, well. Let me back up just a brief minute. I had treated the truck, and then I had. Uh, arranged for somebody to use the truck to go pick up a trailer that I had bought. I know that's a shocker out there. Anybody that knows me knows that. What I have, another trailer? I have an affinity for trailers. I think there's a trailer for every job, or three or four for every job. You know what? What can I say? So long story short, I had treated the tank of fuel that was in there. It left, went to Kansas City and back. It came back with the same amount of fuel. Now, hindsight being 2020. I assumed that was the same fuel that I had left in there, but it had been run out, refilled when it was returned and there was no additive in there. So my bad, that one's on me. Okay. Well, I run additive in my transfer tank, which is on the bed of the truck. You know, the farmer tanks uh-huh. that they fill their equipment. So I have a 109 gallon tank on the back of the truck. There's diesel in it with uh, additive in there. I think no big deal. I'm going to pump it out. So it has a Hose on there with a spigot like you would get at the fuel station, and I'm prying it around there, and it goes snap really loud because it was so cold it broke off. Oh no! And I'm like, You've got to be kidding me! So I'm standing there with a dumb look on my face on the side of 44, freezing my butt off. <laughs> I'm like, All right, well, what am I going to do now? So I find some trash on the side of the road, and I find a soda bottle, and there's just enough of the hose sticking off of my transfer tank that I can cut a hole, and I'm talking with my hands over the radio, so just everybody bear with me. I cut a hole in like the top side of the soda bottle, and I hook my uh, jump pack to my transfer tank, and I shoot diesel at the hole that I cut in the side of the soda bottle to get additive and some liquid diesel into the tank. So I do that. And thankfully to whoever littered, by the way, out there on the side of the road, you did (laughs) save me. I picked up the rest of the trash there, by the way. So whoever that was, I got you. Um, I get it fired up and I get about another mile and a half and it wasn't enough. It gels up again. So I'm like, all right, what am I going to do? And it's snowing really hard by now. I don't know if you guys remember last weekend, but we did get some snowing up north. It was snowing and blowing. So I'm like, all right. So I mess with it a little bit. I don't want to run the batteries down cranking on it because then I'm really going to be stuck. So I unload Seth's car because I'm towing a car and I kind of, it somewhat runs. I drive it five miles into Lebanon I stop at a gas station, I severely overpay for some supplies at the gas station. I drive to your big box parts store and they had some power service 911. So here's where the lesson in this story comes from. Keeping power service 911 in your, in your diesel when it's cold, it's almost a must. If you also can get arch oil, that's my other go-to. That is what we stock, and Annie at our uh, Sunset location uh, keeps it for a lot of our fleet customers, and we dose their trucks either when they come in and they know that it's going to be a problem or when it's in for maintenance, we dose their trucks, A, to project the, uh, protect the fuel system, but B, to keep the anti-gel. So I drive back five miles. There is a good Samaritan there with my buddy that's hanging out in the truck, and he works for the local John Deere dealership, mm. and he had stopped to help. So for all the people that I have stopped to help over there, I was on the receiving end of Good Samaritan and he had some mainline service, which is John Deere's version of anti-gel. And we ended up pulling the filter off. We, we dosed the tanks, both tanks on the truck, the uh, fuel filter we filled with a fuel additive and anti-gel. And then uh, I had to give it a little whiff of some starting fluid, but I was able to get it fired up it got us home and that's my lesson for all of the shenanigans that this cold weather actually brought in and that we had to deal with so moral of the story is i'm adding to my vehicle preparedness kits uh from this lesson but you're listening to 104.1 ksgf sarah and i'll be right back after the break
1: Your complete car care solution
0: one Custom Car Care. All right, welcome back. we got Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. Sarah, how did you fare during this thing? Did any of your vehicles or even house or mechanical things let go during the sub-zero weathers we had?
1: Thankfully, we were all good in the neighborhood, but I did notice my vehicle. It did have a little bit of trouble starting Mm -hmm. um, just because of how cold it was. And I noticed um, the other day whenever it was like negative 12 whenever Mm -hmm. I was getting out of my vehicle to lock it (laughs) and it it goes beep beep I noticed it was very weak so I don't know if that's a sign that I'm gonna need a new battery soon probably wouldn't hurt to check yeah
0: better safe than sorry
1: but I am aware of it so
0: and that's kind of another kind of little bit of a thing that folks need to pay better attention to is when it does something different Mm -hmm. than it has before like if it starts differently it feels differently when you stop that's 99.999% of the time, that's a sign that hey, something's not right. And the longer you let it go, the bigger the problem is. And the bigger the problem is, the more expensive it costs. So you guys were unscathed through this. Thankfully.
1: Frigid. Yes, thankfully. But we tried to not get out too terribly much whenever it was freezing cold and whenever we did we took extra precautions you know we made sure that our emergency car care kits were all updated we had extra things like water Mm -hmm. and a couple little snacks in case we did get stranded tons of blankets Mm -hmm. and especially if we had the little one we made sure that we had extra clothing items for him and uh, blankets as well so we were all set
0: speaking of the cold uh i've got a, a dear friend of mine he uh, works at our Ford Street location, he is a huge Chiefs fan. Yeah. And did he
1: go to the game?
0: So he went to the Christmas game, which was for the Raiders. That didn't pan out all that well. He did not go to the one that was like crazy, crazy. But he had a video, and I think it's probably pretty viral there. The water that was in the fridge of you know the concession stand was actually warmer than the air outside. So in his video, he showed me... You pull the water, and it's liquid, but it's so cold outside, you can watch the water freeze. Mm-hmm. And I know it's not like a new thing. That's something that's happened, obviously, before. But just to see that, like, almost an unnatural event right? to watch it, I was like, oh, we are... I mean, as I was stuck on the side of the road, it was about two hours, that, that last little kind of soapbox story that I kind of laid out there. Um, that, you know, as I'm stuck on the side of the road, I was realizing and I was equipped well enough obviously we dealt with the situation and moved on but as I was stuck there and I was realizing that the stakes of this is is pretty high I mean you know had I just had like you know I give my son crap all the time because he wears those slides everywhere he goes which you know anywhere socks with him which is even more ridiculous but whatever um you know had I not had good footwear you know decent pair of pants, you know, decent, adequate, you know, heated hoodie. Uh, I had a stocking cap and gloves. Otherwise, I would have probably had frostbite out there jacking with all that for so long. If not, you know, had we not been able to get it going, and I was still stuck there, you know, that was uh temperatures that potentially had the risk of you know, you know, I don't want to say you could freeze to death, but it's happened over the years. So. It just kind of made it real, if you will. Now, I do have a lot of backup equipment, a lot of tooling with me, and that's really what was able to get me through that. Really, what my hole in my kit was, is I was not as proactive and dosed the fuel system like I should have. Now, that sounds like a very small item, and it really is, to be honest, but most things are. You know, it's easy to take care of it in the very first stages of whatever it is, or even head it off before you have a, a problem. But once you have the problem, now instead of you dealing with it on the front side, it's dealing with you essentially on its terms on the back side. So, you know, the older I get, the more experience life gives me. Hopefully, we're all, you know, cognitive ability enough to learn when life gives you lemons how to make lemonade essentially and so it was no big deal it was a couple hours uh it was miserable but it wasn't the end of the world and you know i kind of i'm a big believer in karma and so i really appreciate the gentleman that stopped and kind of gave us a hand um you know super great guy you know we had several mechanics there at that point in time, so worked out good and I'm greatly thankful and if this happens to reach anybody up there at the John Deere dealership in Lebanon uh, you guys are aces in my book so hopefully this kind of resonates with somebody out there to say hey even somebody that you know preaches about preparedness and and really kind of gets after it you have to constantly be evolving like if my preparedness kit was the kit you know from 10 years ago My kit now has a lot different items or more capability of, you know, helping me through a tough situation than, you know, the first generation or the second generation. You know, that's the kind of secret to life, I guess, in, in my opinion, or I guess what I'm getting at here, is that you had better be able to roll with the punches. And you had better be able to get punched in the face and be able to get back up, as Mike Tyson likes to say. And that is what shows you the character of the person that you're dealing with. And as we bring young folks into this crazy world that we have, we had better be doing a a intentional job of trying to equip them mentally, mentally, not just monetarily, like, hey, here's 20 bucks, have a good day. You know, you can throw money at problems and that'll solve a lot of problems, But having the fortitude or the mental strength to deal with those problems, as well as think outside the box, you know, hey, can I unload this crazy car off the trailer that I'm towing it in because it's broken and get five miles into town, get five miles back, fix the truck that I got and move on down the road? Or do I need to call somebody? You know, how... How you deal or how you show up to these problems is really what I think is missing in today's world. You look at the folks through, you know, the 20s, 30s, you know, 50s, we were talking about the 80s and 90s at the shop this week. The fortitude of those people, they didn't run into a problem they couldn't overcome. Now, we have a tremendous amount of technology at our fingertips now, but our ability to work through or think outside the box of problems is really what separates the mediocre from the people that excel in life. And I realize I'm doing a big stretch here at the moment that I'm talking about, you know, car preparedness or if it breaks down. But if I do nothing else in life, I hope that the kids that we raise throughout our homes and folks that I come in contact with, I have shared some of my experiences, some of my very hard fought school of hard knock uh, education, if you will, that it saves somebody from being in a negative situation that they just don't have an answer to maybe i share a story with you guys here on the radio from time to time and it makes you go out and check the oil and the coolant level and some of the fluids in your car and you happen to find that maybe oh i'm out of brake fluid well your car just doesn't magically run out of brake fluid okay it will go somewhere and part of it is designed that as the brake fluid level drops your brake system, your pad or shoe thickness, is wearing down, the brakes are adjusting accordingly, and that void, as the brakes wear down, the fluid absorbs the void or, or, you know, fills that area, and that will allow you very easily to see how much wear your brakes are. Or you have a leak. Either one of those situations need attention before it goes to grinding or Or before you get stuck with no brakes for some reason because it runs out of fluid. So the point of a lot of the reason that I share some of these stories, A, I want to keep it real with you guys. I want you to know that things happen out there, especially when you're driving two, three, four hundred bordering on five hundred thousand mile vehicles that things happen to them and that's part of it you can buy a brand new vehicle i've got a ton of folks that have late model new vehicles and new means new new doesn't mean good new also doesn't mean that you don't have to open the hood on it and give some basic care and inspection to it so it doesn't leave you stranded or have a catastrophic very expensive failure So during these frozen times at the shop, we've seen a lot of no starts, which is very common, Um, you know, no heat situations, very common during this time, as well as we see a lot of cars come in with window issues that they are broken or wiper issues that they were tried to be operated while they were frozen and whatever the weakest link of that gave out. So a lot of window regulator repairs, a lot of wiper transmission repairs, um, you know, just things that don't normally see these extremes. And if you try and push them, they will break and they will give up on you. And I don't want you having those problems. So if the window doesn't roll down the first go around, I'm sorry, you need to warm that car up and not keep pushing the button. If it doesn't respond like it normally operates all the time you're gonna break it if you park your vehicle and there's precipitation coming down and i'm a real bad uh offender of this and i'm trying to make a conscious effort that a if i've got frozen precipitation coming down and my wipers are running especially on delay that's really where i fall down on this That they're on delay. I park the vehicle, the wipers are not running, so it's not top of mind. And then when I go out to start the truck and it's all frozen over, I can hear a lot of times the wiper try to engage and then not move. Now, best practices is you turn it off, obviously, before you park the vehicle, but you need to listen for that because if you remote start your vehicle from the house and your wipers are on they're going to continue to try and work even on delay and eventually they will break the wiper transmission or strip out some of the linkage the wiper arm etc now can i fix all that yeah we we fix it all the time we are your place in springfield if you got problems with those we can take care of them but i'd much rather you not have to pay me to fix those sarah and i are down at the bottom of the hour you're listening to ksgf we will be right back after the break Your complete car care solution, A1 Custom Car Care. All right, welcome back, Sarah Dustin. A1 Custom Car Care. Sarah, I'm putting you on the spot. How long has it been since you saw our store in progress? Has it been a while?
1: It's been like two weeks.
0: So I'm formally over the airwaves here inviting you to come and have a tour because we're open and we're doing business in that Beautiful new building at the corner of Fort Sunshine. So we've been given quite a few tours. Uh, We've had quite a few friends of the station. We've had a ton of station listeners in there that have come in. We've done some, you know, whatever service, a lot of maintenance, a lot of uh, state inspections. Seems like January for some reason. uh, Maybe I'm just in the shop more right now because I'm trying to help get this place put together and get it uh, functional for everybody. But a lot of state inspections in January. Uh, You definitely want to call and make an appointment. You have Kevin or Dave. Uh, We will be having Gunner from Republic up there. So you can visit with one of our three locations if you need to. I would strongly recommend you calling in advance and making sure that we have time set aside for you. So our new building has a beautiful seven bay addition to the four bays that we've had forever. Now for all the listeners out there, officially... Right now, our old building is not necessarily for customers anymore. So we've had a office uh, would be on the north west side of our old building forever. We're going to do some remodeling and stock some more parts and have some service in there. But our new office location is directly on Sunshine. That is 1306 West Sunshine and you will come into the new building you will see kevin or david and potentially gunner there at the counter here shortly and we can get you all taken care of
1: that's very exciting I, i'll have is to stop huge by deal.
0: please do i would love to show you what's going on um we have built a in-house training facility for our uh existing continuing education uh after 20 years i still take a tremendous amount of classes a because you never know it all and then two Roughly every 30 days, a car line has a very substantial technology change that we have to troubleshoot and figure out why they're not working when they don't operate. So uh, we built a 30 to 40 person classroom setting area that A, as our technicians need to continue, you know, making sure that we can work on late model Technologies in your vehicle, and B, we are able to bring some of our younger, new entry level folks into the industry and train them correctly. As well as, we've, like I said earlier, have seven bays that we have built with intent, not just, hey, I got a service bay and a lift in here, now I can work on your grandma's Taurus. And can I work on your grandma's Taurus? Yeah, I work on a bunch of those. i fixed, I couldn't tell you how many of them over the years. I'm a big fan of those cars, by the way. So if you got an old Taurus, I'd probably hang on to it because that's a great, great vehicle. But if you have fleet service as well, that's uh, something that we've had a lot of our customers that we have been doing fleet service, but not a purpose-built facility um i've had i can't tell you how many other automotive repair shops and dealerships sublet work to me for my entire career with a1 custom car care that has really motivated the thought process that went into constructing this new facility so you know from your smart car which we do some smart car service i've got some folks that uh, we take care of those to i have my f350 four-wheel drive plow truck in there right now getting some service work done by Carlos. So Carlos, I know that's not been an easy repair, but I greatly appreciate all you've done if you happen to be listening to the show. So we have the ability to take care of your smaller. Now I'm not talking about like your 28 foot box trucks, but for a lot of our plumbers in the area, our electricians, um, folks that deliver parcels. um, We have some delivery companies that we do quite a bit for. We have some healthcare folks uh, that are great friends of the show and we take care of their fleets as well and that's really what a lot of this facility as well as our sunset facility was set up around so i have lifts that are capable of handling those bigger vehicles where i know a lot of other shops and even dealerships in springfield don't have as well as we've continued to invest in the technology to make sure that we can do service that as of this point i don't know many if any independent shops in Springfield that can take care of it. So some of your programming and software needs, we've got some folks that are just absolute rock stars on that, because a lot of times these new vehicles, it's not a part that you can go to big box parts store XYZ and get put on your car and and fix like you used to. Some of this is, hey, the part comes blank, and then you program it and tell it what it is and what you want it to do. Or Some of it is, hey, the software was not quite written correctly from the factory, so we need to do a software update to get whatever it is operating like it was intended to. So A, we got the ability to do all that. B, we got the guys that know how to work that equipment to figure out what the root cause of the problem is, which really separates us from a lot of the competition out there. And on top of that, your ADOS system. I talk about this quite a bit. This is your advanced driver assist system is what ADOS stands for. So if you have adaptive cruise, lane departure, lane keep assist, blind spot monitoring, adaptive braking, uh, backup radar that is very handy, by the way. And it's surprising how accurate it is. Now, I still think people should functionally know how to use their mirrors. But the backup camera and the backup radar is just in addition to help you make sure you're not backing into things that there isn't unexpected things behind you i bring all that up to let you know that that system needs to be calibrated when you have service done so if you have an alignment done and you're having it done at a store that doesn't do ados calibration you didn't get an alignment you might have got an alignment but they didn't complete the job now, for that vehicle to know where baseline zero is, essentially, is important. And when I affect steering suspension, when I affect bumpers or cosmetic items, windshield replacement, um, any kind of tire front end work, you really need to have that calibrated. Now, I'm not saying that just because I want to do a million calibrations. I'm saying that because I have a dear friend and he ha- his wife works for a insurance company. And they're having issues where people are not doing this service correctly and they're having accidents and it's damaging vehicle's property. I haven't heard of any that have essentially, you know, been fatal or injury at this point, but I imagine there's some out there. Um, not picking on Tesla, but I know there's been some things with the autonomous driving, which is the driverless system, and I know they're trying to perfect it. My point of this whole deal is there's a lot of people doing malpractice when they're doing alignment and steering and suspension work because I know for a fact they don't have the equipment to calibrate them correctly. Now, that is a huge liability for that customer. That's a huge liability for that shop. The industry as a whole, because if you as a customer go to XYZ shop, you don't come to A1 Custom Car Care, and something bad happens, you're probably going to tell everybody that, hey, blah, 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 shop, this and that. But it really gives a black eye to the whole industry, which in turn gives me a black eye in A1 Custom Car Care, even though we didn't have a thing to do with it. So I bring all this up to tell you that the difference and the reason that I choose to come to work at A1 Custom, there's many, but this is probably one of the bigger ones, is that we have a team and a ownership that believes in us and invests in equipment and training. And I have quit two different companies because they didn't believe in training. Now, you might think that that's pretty extreme, I guess. But the automotive industry is my chosen profession. If for whatever reason, I decide someday to sell everything I own and move to Europe or move to South America or move to somewhere else, I'm going to be in the automotive industry this career choice was not an accident it wasn't something that oh i just you know whatever from the time i was a small boy i've always wanted to be in the automotive repair field and that is the company that i want to work for is somebody that invests and trains their people and is equipped i'm going to leave you with this last break with that to kind of think about know who you're doing business with whether it's car related or not sarah and i are going to step into a break we'll be back after this you're Care solution. A1 custom car care. All right. Welcome back. You got Sarah Dustin, a one custom car care. Miss Sarah, I'm going to distract you for a minute. Okay. So Dave Ramsey, yes. um, you know, I don't agree the with the money guy, and the money guy. I don't agree with a lot of his preaching out there. Some of it I think is like captain obvious and I'm not picking on Dave a whole bunch. Some of it I agree with, but it's, it's very uh, narrow mm-hmm. in my mind. But he did have a post out there, and one of the Toyota dealerships across the country, and I already kind of gave away the answer, they took his little post, and the post was, what are the top 10 vehicles that millionaires own? Okay. And so they went out to their techs, and they asked him, and they gave all kinds of luxurious car uh, makers. One of the things I thought was interesting is the number one car that a millionaire owns was a Toyota. Really? And I, I, you know, it makes sense now that I kind of know the answer. And I thought I would see what your thought was. Uh, You, Everybody knows that Toyota makes a good vehicle. Honda, really great vehicles. You know, um, the mindset behind those vehicles, very solid as far as a good quality value for your money. Do they cost a little more than others? yes. But as far as return on investment, that's a huge, huge return on investment. Have you ever owned a Toyota? No, personally? I haven't. I know we looked at one uh, for you and Ryan that was yes. really uh, a beautiful truck. Honestly. It was. I hate to keep bringing it up. On the
1: outside.
0: Yes. Uh, had a compromise frame.
1: Yes, it did.
0: Uh, and I think we called, or actually Ryan called while we were standing there, and it was like twelve grand or something to start. Mm-hmm. And that was, uh, if I remember, like like a $20,000 truck or something, so better than half of the value you guys would have had to fork out to put a frame under this thing. Uh, There was a big recall, and if any of you out there know that, you're like, well, why didn't they do that? Well, they stopped that recall. Mm -hmm. I think we missed it by like six months on that truck. Yes. And a big dealership here in the Springfield area sold that truck to somebody. They sure did. So, unfortunately, Have you seen it? I have not, (laughs) I have not uh somebody bought a beautiful truck that if you were in an accident that frame is going to fold up like yes, a beer
1: can it's unfortunate
0: it really is However, as I kind of poo-poo on Toyota there for a second, I still think they make some really, really good quality vehicles.
1: They really do. Now, that mm. truck that you were specifically talking about, it was up, I believe, in the Minnesota region. Oh. And so I think that that's why there was a lot more rust and, uh, I guess, corrosion mm-hmm. to the frame is because they were dealing with that, with the snow and everything that comes with it. So all mm-hmm. of the, the ice melted.
0: Yeah. And
1: it was just kind of just gunking up the frame.
0: Oh, yeah. It had really damaged it and you couldn't tell unless we had raised it up and gave it a bit once over and i'm in the midst of doing that for some other folks um you know i've kind of poo-pooed on several cars or suvs for them uh they got a new driver coming into the uh driving world and we've gone through a lot and i was trying to explain that typically it's anywhere from six to ten cars before we find a good pre-owned car do you recall I mean, it was probably around six vehicles that we looked at before we found one that was, uh, you know, probably a good candidate. I think you guys had to go all the way to Bolivar for the pickup, right? one that where the, it came from?
1: The truck came from here in Springfield. Oh, okay. Yeah, it came from Reliable Chevy, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then from my vehicle, we were in Marshfield. Oh, that's right. I yes. knew there was
0: an outlying town there. Mm-hmm. I've heard great things about dealing with some of the folks up there in Marshfield. I know they're a, a big truck kind Mm -hmm. of dealer up there but they had a good suv for you you know it's really one of those things you have to be very devoted to the analytical side of purchasing a car versus the uh emotional like oh i love the wheels or the radio or you know all that stuff's important but the car still needs to drive and stop and if you buy one that's got a huge problem there the, the coolness of the wheels or how cool the radio is really probably doesn't matter a whole lot after right. that. So, you know, I don't want to say I'm in the market for a vehicle, but I was. And I think we looked for probably two or three years. I mean, you heard me talk about, oh, I'm looking for a new pickup for, I don't know, ever. Everybody probably thought, oh, my God, he's just going to talk about it forever. But this last year, I think in July, uh, Jimmy Mitchell Motors down there in Aurora, he um, dealt with a lot of great gentlemen down there and was able to get a good deal on a pre-owned pickup um you know it did leave me stranded this weekend but that was my bad not the trucks i should have dosed the fuel system in it a little bit better but the truck has done great it's been to florida it's been to kansas city several times it's been way out in kansas picking up different uh, shenanigan items i buy on the old uh interwebs usually disabled so it's usually towing a trailer Uh, It's been to St. Louis a bunch of times. It's towed our camper quite a few places, and that's really what I was looking for was something that I could depend on to tow our camper and have some good towing power. In my life, that is a very big thing and a very big function of what I do. Now, I know that's not for everybody out there. My point being with this whole deal is when you go to buy a car, whether it's for you or a new driver or whatever the case may be, you really need to... Have a good idea of the capabilities that you need out of that vehicle. I've got a technician, um, one very dear friend of mine, honestly, um, that you know recently wasn't an accident, uh, wasn't their fault, but still, you know, they had a vehicle that hauled you know multiple passengers. So they need a vehicle that'll haul anywhere from five to seven passengers. Now, that eliminates a lot of vehicles out there on the road that you just couldn't have. I mean, you couldn't have an SUV with two bucket seats and two seaters in the back. That's not going to serve the need that he's got or that his family has. So with him, you know, uh, we were kind of throwing it around. I think he's going to be able to fix the vehicle that they have that was in the, the minor fender bender, but... You know, at some point, he's going to need to replace that and still going to need, you know, six, you know, five to seven passenger capability. So, you know, looking for things that's not going to fill that void isn't an option. Looking for things that won't tow a significant amount of GVW gross vehicle weight for me is not an option. Some people are really wrapped around the axles about fuel economy, and rightfully so. I mean, we I'd say we've got a little reprieve, but the only reason we think we're getting a deal on gas now or diesel is because it was so bad earlier uh, in last year. So my point of this whole deal is you really need to look at the capabilities of the vehicle more then the cosmetic creature comforts now don't get me wrong i like some creature comforts uh i've had the pleasure of operating a few people's vehicles that have heated seats which has been around a long time but i recently got to drive a pickup that had a heated steering wheel and it was super duper cold out there and that was actually a very pleasant surprise So creature comforts are cool, but they're secondary in my opinion. That would be what, if any of you out there have ever listened to Nut and Fancy out there, is the second kind of cool. So the first kind of cool is, hey, does it haul the people that I need? Or does it tow? Or does it get the, you know, fill in the blank that I have to have? The second kind of cool is those extras. So the heated steering wheel, the, uh, you know, cool rims that's on it you know it's got upgraded trim package it's got better leather that's the second kind of cool so in the beginning i think most of us start out you just need a functional vehicle otherwise you're walking right the second thing is as hopefully you progress in life and life gets a little bit better and you get established in your career or your business whatever you know floats your boat then you can start upgrading some of the vehicle uh, creature comforts That's second kind of cool. And then now that becomes a better driving experience. But in the big scheme of things, if the vehicle doesn't drive and the vehicle doesn't stop or if it needs a ton of money to get it to that point, you need to know that before you purchase the vehicle and the vehicle market is swinging in the buyer's favor it's for the last i'm going to say four solid years it has been a seller's market you could sell the biggest hunk of junk on marketplace craigslist or even at a dealership and there's this preconception by the way of the dealership that oh i bought it from a dealer they checked it over they did this they did that i'm here to tell you with authority if you've listened to nothing else to this radio show today That is a very bad preconception that is not true. You had better have a loved one in the family or friend that truly knows cars, not one that knew cars 20 years ago, knows cars today, or you had better have a relationship with an automotive repair shop. Otherwise, you have wasted a tremendous amount of money and you will buy a vehicle that needs a crazy amount of work, or you'll buy a vehicle that you should have never, ever bought. And unfortunately, I've had people stick with me through the pre-purchase inspection process that eventually got frustrated because I'm like, no, this is a piece of junk. No, this is a piece of junk. No, this is a piece of junk. And they'll usually give me like two to four and then they give up on the process and they just go buy something and then they bring it back and now they own it. They cannot return it and... Now I'm having a really tough conversation that they spent every dollar they had buying the vehicle and they don't have the money, sometimes the uh, significant amount of money to do the repairs that's needed to have a good, dependable vehicle. That's a stink, bad, crappy spot to be in. And I hate it every time that, you know, that situation shows itself. So that's a big part of A, why A1 Custom Car Care does pre-purchase inspections, and B, why Sarah and I talk about it here on the show quite often, because, oh my goodness, there are some lemons out there that people will get pawned off on buying somebody else's pile of junk, and then they're saddled with what to do. Do they just ride it off and take a loss? Well, most of the time, that's not an option. So maybe they've invested all the money they had and they still don't have a car or a truck or an SUV or a van that they can drive. And sometimes it's as easy as a phone call if you have a relationship with your service center of, hey, is this vehicle worth doing a pre-purchase inspection on? Now, we don't have a crystal ball or a magic eight ball that tells us, oh, blah, 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 but we have decades of experience and we know when a manufacturer did a poor job engineering certain vehicles that you're buying a guaranteed problem so if you get in a situation develop a relationship with your automotive repair facility know them by name you need to know who's working on your vehicle when you walk into our service centers you see a photo and a bio and the credentials hanging on the wall of the offices and i say this with a lot of pride i don't have to change those frames out very often because most of our people stick with us for a long time and that's why i've been here for 20 plus years at this point in time is because i went and worked other places they didn't invest in their people they didn't invest in their equipment heck some of them didn't even like the company that they owned is that not just a crazy situation Can you imagine that? Have you ever worked for somebody that didn't like their company? I
1: have, actually.
0: It's miserable.
1: And you know what? I really gotta cut you off here. Okay. Because we're officially at a show. Get off your soapbox. Fine. I'll Are you put it off away. of it now? I'll put it away till next week. <laughs> All right. Well, if you're out there in Radio Land, you have a question or a comment for us, feel free to text us on our text line. That phone number is four one seven four four seven five seven four three. Or you can reach out to us on social media at one oh four one KSGF. Dustin, I hope you have a good rest of your weekend.
0: You as well. Be safe out there.
1: Bye.